I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Greetings, adventurers. Today, we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of The Real Hauntings Podcast. Kat and JJ are not here on this episode. They actually have tickets to go see Hamilton tonight. So they are in downtown Atlanta enjoying Hamilton yeah. as they are waxed and waxed and ready to, uh, you know, have, have a little fun. We do have a great co-host for you tonight. You all know her. She's Evelyn. She was actually on a couple episodes ago where Evelyn let us know if we were psychics and how we could find out more about that. And she is a intuitive educator and mentor. You can check out her website at themirrorgrid.com or her Instagram and TikTok, which is the period mirror period grid. Um, and she's got a lot, a lot of great content on there. Evelyn, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing so awesome. I'm stoked to be back. I always love doing these with you guys. Yeah, I'm excited to have you back. We got a lot of positive comments from that last episode you and I did. I think it really hit um, a sweet spot with our audience where they had some of the same questions I did. And maybe you'll even hear from some of them and they'll want to take your classes. I have heard from some of them, actually. So it's been really awesome. And I always love meeting new people, especially when the content really resonates. So oh, I'm always great. there. 
<laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, anytime our, our little haunters or real haunters can support our guests, we certainly appreciate that. Speaking of guests, we have an awesome guest for you all tonight. Christy Price is here. Her, um, her content on TikTok kept ending up on my For You page on my personal account, which I guess I must look at ghost content from time to time on there, which makes sense. And she does great presentations on what I would call like haunted real estate, uh, which was super cool. I had not seen that before. And I was showing my wife, my, my wife was like, man, ghost stuff is just blowing up. Like everything is out there now. And I was like, I know it was really cool. So Chrissy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight. We're excited to learn about all this haunted real estate out in the world. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super stoked, super excited to talk to you and answer questions and have a bunch of ghostly conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So something we like to find out on the podcast is where our guests are on what we call the Believo-meter. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts. Ten ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? Ghosts are absolutely real. Okay. <laughs> I'm so we, ten. <laughs> got a couple of tens on the podcast tonight that's that's always mm -hmm. fun for sure evelyn you're a 10 right or, or where are you on that scale i i'm definitely 10 for ghosts i'm like an eight for a lot of other things which i know is really funny because it's literally my line of work <laughs> Um, but I think it's a, it's an important way to like remain grounded in reality also. Um, so that's always how I justify my eight. <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure I asked, I was like, oh no, I'm man mansplaining what Evelyn's rating is on the Believo meter. I should pull back on this a little bit. Um, well, Christy, so, you know, your content is really interesting and I'm guessing you, are you an actual real estate agent? I am. So I have been a realtor and in, uh, real estate in the city of Houston for 10 years. This is my 10th year, actually 2021. Oh, awesome. Well, congratulations. That's a field that uh, I have dabbled in a little bit because of my main job. And it's always fun to meet a bunch of different people. However, I have never come across a haunted house for sale. How did you find yourself in that world? You know, I... In a previous life, 10 years ago, actually right before I got into real estate, was very into the paranormal. I used to travel, I used to stay at haunted places. Um, I was very, very into it. And then when I got into real estate, that kind of, that passion kind of died because I was so busy. Um, and I'm sure anybody who's in real estate can attest to that. You just, you work all the time. So this past year, I really wanted to brand myself in real estate and the paranormal has always been something that I just hold very close to me because of an experience I had as a child. And so I talked it over with my husband and he was like, you know, you've always been into this. Um, you have kind of this dark aesthetic about you that not a lot of people know about. Why don't you bring that into real estate? Cause like you said, nobody's doing that. And so I, you know, made like a content list of what I could do. And there's really a lot of content, if you think about it, that has to do with the paranormal or spiritual world and real estate. I mean, my gosh, haunted houses, real estate is houses or buildings, you know, commercial real estate, haunted buildings. Um, now I will say that in most states, there's actually only four states that you have to disclose if your home is haunted. What so, are those states? Yeah. 
yes, um, we New York, or where we should move if we're uh, shopping for old houses. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, I have a lot of people that contact me asking if I can help them find a haunted house. Um, and obviously, I'm, Texas is not one of those states. So I just always tell them, you know, look for somewhere that's historic, you know, look for somewhere that has a lot of history. I'm one of those people, um, and you guys might disagree, I'm one of those people that believes that there are spirits everywhere. It's just what kind of spirit is there. Um, so if you if you find a historic home, historic building, more than likely you, you've picked up on something that would have some kind of spiritual activity. Whether it wants to make its presence known, to be determined. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping if there are any spirits in my house, they just stay in the unknown category. I've got enough going on. I don't need to manage the spirits around here. <laughs> um, Evelyn, have you ever lived in a haunted house or, or visited a haunted house, something of that nature? So my the house that I lived in before this, which is my ex-husband's house now, um, was built in 1906. And I didn't have any experiences there, but my daughter is super energy sensitive and her bedroom there, she won't be in basically. So she sleeps in the couch, um, in the living room. Uh, and I've had, it's so funny because like in my world, obviously it's like, this is, I'm, I'm qualified to clear that space and to communicate. Um, my partner is as well, and she's worked on it. And I've had other friends who are practitioners, uh, try and like figure out what's going on in this space. And I cannot figure it out. I mean, it's been almost six years and that room is pretty much untouched. Sometimes she'll go in there and like, like, it's like a storage room for toys basically. Um, because she, I don't think she's ever slept in there. Um, even like if we lay down with her, like it's just not happening. So I've had my suspicions um, and, and the people I've had look into it have been like, oh yeah, like there's something going on in this room, um, but it's not ever something that I've been able to get really clear on. So I feel like maybe I should, especially like since in the last like year, I've really developed a lot more mediumship capabilities. I feel like I should probably go back in and like <laughs> try to get a baseline for what we're working with in there. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting point. And Christy, something I was curious, have you ever sold a home to somebody and then they, they're like, oh shit, I don't want a haunted house, please help. And you're like, ah, sorry, you signed a contract. <laughs> Enjoy your ghost. <laughs> you know, me, me personally, no. Um, but I do have a couple of agent friends where this has happened, where they've, they've been working with a buyer who purchased a home. And then after the fact, they have sensed or had occurrences in the home for them to believe that it was haunted. Um, and, you know, in those cases, you can go back to the seller and you can ask questions. Now, everything's said and done, so there's not a lot that you can do unless it's a home that has, like, notoriety for like a good example would be like, um, I don't know if you've into true crime, but there was a serial killer in Houston. His name was Candyman. Have you guys heard of Candyman? Wait, is that like what the movie is based off of in the book? That I don't know. So I don't <laughs> Christy's like, don't put me on the spot. Go ahead. Yeah, I just know who he is. And um, his, so his home still exists. And he okay. was a um, he was a serial killer. I believe it was back in the 70s, 60s or 70s here in Houston. And he would lure um, young children back to his home and, you know, obviously do terrible things and murdered them. And so his home still exists. 
and people live in it. So if you were to sell, if the sellers wanted to list that home, they wouldn't have to disclose that it's haunted. But let's say that I'm working with you, Noah, the buyer, you purchased the home after the fact, there's all this paranormal activity into it. Well, you could go back to the seller because that home has notoriety and people, it's public knowledge that that was a um, notorious murder house almost, um, and just see what the court says about it. But you don't have to disclose paranormal activity. Okay. That's interesting. I, um, I, that has to be what the movie, and I think it's a book, but there was a movie in the nineties that came out with Candyman. And then there's a re-release happening. I want to say maybe this month. And it's one of those things where it's like bloody Mary. If you say his name three times, he comes and kills you. Um, and I want to say there were children because I saw the one from the nineties as a child of the nineties. And it like terrified me. And I want to say there were kids in that. So I'll have to research that and see. I had no idea that he was a serial killer, maybe influenced, you know, the horror movie and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's just an example where it's just a um, a home that has notoriety. It's public knowledge that terrible things happen there. Um, so yes, if someone were to purchase that home and there was paranormal activity, they, they could try and... Um, either sue the seller or do something in court. But all of that is what they call like stigmatization of properties. And, you know, again, just depending on where you live, what are what are the laws per the state of what you need to disclose of a stigmatized property? Like you do have to disclose murder in the state of Texas. If there was a murder that occurred at your home, you do have to disclose that. But you don't have to say that your home is now haunted because of the murder. Right. So I have a question then. Do you... If you know that there was a murder in a home, do you feel that there's a correlation with paranormal activity in that home? And then with your level of sensitivity and experience with like ghost hunting, et cetera, um, what have you noticed from like showing these homes or um, visiting these homes? I think that there's definitely a correlation with paranormal activity and anything that's traumatic. Um, so murder is definitely definitely something that I would say can cause paranormal activity. Um, anywhere that I have visited homes, haunted locations where there has been a documented murder, that's always a hot topic of the tour or when you ask, you know, what are the spirits or who are the spirits that are haunting the location? That's always going to come up. Oh, it was Noah Daniels, who was murdered in 17, 1700s. Um, it's your past life. Let's get into that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's find out what your ghost Diff is up to. Different episode probably for that one. <laughs> but yeah, I think that there's a very strong correlation between traumatic events and the paranormal. Definitely. And do you feel a need to, I mean, obviously some of the people you're dealing with probably already have an interest in the paranormal and maybe the darker stuff. Do you feel a need to tell them like, Hey, you know, all spirits may not be good spirits, or do you just kind of give a blanket statement of like, get what you get. I can get you something spooky if that's what you're into. Um, you know, one of my, one of my biggest issues with real estate and the paranormal never being into it is that exactly that everybody thinks that 
somewhere, a home, a building, when they hear that it's haunted, they immediately think the worst. They think, oh, there's all this poltergeist activity and I'm gonna be shoved down the stairs and there's a demon in there. Um, and to me, that's just so wrong for people to think. And it's not their fault. It's what television and movies have taught us. So, you know, on my journey of doing this, one of the things that I do like to provide education on, whether it's a client, the public, whatever it is, is that there are different types of spirits. And let's talk about those different types of spirits. Because I've been, I can't even count how many haunted places that I have personally been to. I've only been to one location where it was known that there was something not in favor of you being there. Mm. One, one location. All the others, I mean, the spirits just don't, they're just not into that. In my experience, now my experience might be very different from y'all's experience, but um, I just, I find that it's kind of difficult to find places where there are these sinister spirits that everybody talks about and you see in all the movies, even poltergeist activity, just it takes so much energy for a spirit to do those things. And I guess that would make sense, right? If people are different, you know, we're the three of us, I'm sure we're very different in different ways and probably similar in some ways. So I'm sure if spirits and ghosts are real, I'm sure they kind of toe the line of that too, right? You know, maybe if mm -hmm. something really tragic happened to them, or maybe they were just a bad person, they're more likely to be a bad spirit, you know, and, and cause sure. some of these negative things you know, but I mean, to that, obviously, being a podcast who interviews people about ghosts, we do hear stories that are pretty intense, but we also hear a lot of stories that aren't. So I, I can certainly understand that point of view. In my industry, like, we don't we don't hear the term like haunted come up very often, just like verbiage wise. And I, I think some of that must be because of the stigma. So we talk about like we'll talk about entities and attachments and spirits and energies, um, all of which could absolutely when you're talking about a location imply like hauntings. Um, but it's just interesting to sort of notice like the crossover and like sort of how we're talking about it and how we're communicating about it. Um, especially when we're talking about like needing to actually sell something and like if that's desirable and like what the, you know, what the connotations of like haunted are. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and I agree with you too, Noah, that, you know, if people were bad here on earth, you know, when they pass, you know, maybe they're more apt to be a, I hate to say like a sinister spirit or a, a malevolent spirit. I just, I feel like people have this really dramatic stigmatization of hauntings though, where it's from the movies and the TV shows where there are a lot of, you know, gimmicks and uh, drama to it. Whereas again, just in my experience, um, I, I really only had one, um, maybe two, where it was something that just really stood out. That was like that. Everything else, it's more so just the spirits just want to talk to you and they're not trying to you know, they're not like, get out, or I'm going to hurt you. Um, you know, maybe they'll touch you, maybe they'll, you know, might move something, take the energy from, you know, a, a camera and do something. But it just, for me, it, just, it takes so much energy for them to do it. And for that to be so present, um, I just think is just a fault on, um, you know, television and movies. People just think that when a place is haunted, something bad is going to happen. 
And that's just so not the case. I think spirits are just really misunderstood. I've seen that too, that like benign um, kind of presences like, oh, yep, there's, there's the ghost like doing this annoying thing to my the light or my, um, uh, like my cabinet or my, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> used to, I actually, one of my babysitters when I was a kid always talked about, um, her farting ghost. She's like, I'll be alone in this house and like, there will be no one here. And I didn't do it. <laughs> and so I'm oh like, my. that's totally the kind of thing, um, that like, it's, it's, it's like they they just sort of like, yeah, want to make that connection. And sometimes they're funny. Like, and and like when I do mediumship work and I'm talking to like someone's grandpa or whatever, and if they were funny in their life, they're also funny in their death. And so they'll absolutely do things just to mess with you for fun. Like it's enjoyable and they find it like connecting to you where yeah. you didn't know what was going on. You might be like, oh my gosh. Yeah, we had a guest on whose grandmother loved like, it was it like chicken sandwiches from Wendy's or Chick-fil-A or somewhere. <laughs> and they said their kitchen would just start, like after she passed, it would just smell like that that food and they'd be like this is so weird uh but that's funny well chrissy i'm curious you said that there were two houses or at least one that you could think of where you did have kind of that malevolent ghost can you tell us about what those experiences were like of course um well one of them it's the experience that i had as a child um, okay really well yeah so why don't like we this- that, that's a good point so yeah let's let's do that because that is kind of a standard question on the podcast so um is is that experience kind of your first experience with the supernatural? Yes, it was. Okay, yeah. Let's let's jump into that. Uh, it's always interesting to kind of find out what led people or what their introduction to the supernatural was. Sure. Well, this started at a pretty young age for me. Um, it started with an Ouija board. Shocker. So we did have an Ouija board, and a few of my friends, I believe, there it was myself and um, either two or three other of my friends, we were playing with the Ouija board in the closet, you know, doing the whole mid nineties thing after watching like the craft or whatever, just, you know, Oh, let's move it. Let's, Oh, is somebody here? And we were just, just, you know, kind of screwing off with it. Um, so of course we asked the question too, you know, show us a sign. Well, we were in the closet and the closet door was a jar, maybe like this, let's say about three inches and the closet door shuts and this is my house by the way my house and we all freaked out I put the Ouija board up and I hid it because it it terrified me I was like okay I don't want to mess with that anymore well in the weeks and months to follow I started to notice that whenever I was alone the blinds we had blinds on all our windows the blinds on my windows would move almost as if somebody was running their hands up and down the blinds. Mm. And this, yeah, um, this occurred. So that Ouija board, us playing with it, that happened when I was either 10 or 11 years old. And the blind situation lasted until I was in high school. We moved three times to three different houses, I believe. And every house we went to and I knew about it but I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want anybody to think I was crazy so and it was always when I was alone and it was always the same motion up and down just kind of like slow up and down the blinds 
So when I was in middle school, eighth grade, I went to a friend's house and she went downstairs to grab something to eat sodas. We were watching a movie and it happened at her house. And I was just like, this thing is following me. It's following me from house to house. It's, it's following me to my friend's houses. So again, I didn't really do anything. I didn't know what to do. I was a, a preteen. And when I got into high school, it got more intense it would just, it would start doing things like in the middle of the night. Um, like I had a stupid doorbell on my bedroom door and it would like ring my doorbell around like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. I finally, you know, uninstalled that thing, but then it started waking me up. So it woke me up twice and I saw it the first time I thought I dreamt it. And then it happened again. And Seeing it made it really real for me because it was um, it was almost like a mass that had eyes, hmm. um, big, big eyes, really big eyes. Oof, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Um, so when I saw it the second time, that's when I actually, I had someone from a church come and do a blessing of my home and, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had any occurrences with it since it's so funny because you know since I started doing all this paranormal content I've talked about this story quite a few times and um it's always it's always interesting when I say it out loud because I feel like it kind of sounds crazy but to me it just like takes me right back to how I felt when I saw it um it didn't do anything malevolent it just felt um it felt very cold Mm. it didn't feel like it was there trying to communicate, um, you know, trying to play jokes and just be, you know, kind of silly or whatever. Um, it, it felt like it was very cold and wanted something and it was terrifying for me. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my awesome introduction into the paranormal. Right. Well, when you were using the Ouija board, did you all do the, like, close out phrase at the end or did you just kind of put it up and put it away no we were 10 <laughs> we we just were like i said just kind of messing around with it and thought we were cool um no there was no opening statements there was no closing statements it was just a free-for-all and i know that that's what caused it and i mean to this day when i see an Ouija board um I kind of get like, I don't really want to get close to it. Almost like PTSD probably from that experience. A little bit, yeah. a little bit. Or when I wake up in the middle of the night and it's around like two thirty, three o'clock, um, I, I get kind of like, I kind of like look around and wonder why I'm looking around and like pull the covers over my head, like yeah. a little child. But, um, well, Evelyn, yeah. you do, um, so much mediumship work and, you know, you've talked to, um, probably a lot of different people in your work. If somebody came to you and, and say Christy was their daughter and, and they were like, Hey, my kid claims that they're having these experiences. Is that something that you could help them with? Absolutely. Um, definitely the biggest thing. And like, this is just like a broad, like PSA about Ouija boards. (laughs) Um, they, 
you have to know what you're doing in order to be able to safely use a Ouija board. And the vast majority of people who are using a Ouija board do not know how to do that. Um, and part of the reason that that's a problem um, or that Ouija boards are specifically a problem compared to other like divinatory tools um, is partly because of the collective belief around them. Because we've, uh, when you when you have a collective belief like spirits get to talk to me through this and there's a lot of also like, bad spirits come through Ouija boards, that idea is so prevalent um, to the point where that idea is essentially glued to Ouija boards. Like it's, it's become true because of the collective belief. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important to be able to like know, know what you're opening, who you're specifically inviting through, having safeguards in place, um, to prevent things coming through that you are not inviting through or like piggybacking, um, kind of like letting someone into your like security controlled building. <laughs> like you can't like let the random per like delivery guy at the street in. Um, and, and then yeah, like closing it out. So in a case like that, I would definitely go in and clear the space. Um, you may even find that in a situation like that, um, having that original Ouija board and being able to like close it out and sort of like retire it um, might be useful as well. Um, and then in a case like that, like probably trying to talk directly with that spirit to figure out what they want and like why they're pestering you, um, and what their goals are so that we can then like have professional, like deal with it and, and remove them. Um, because they're, you know, it's like, well, and I guess the other thing too, is that like, you're obviously in this work. And so some of it could be like, oh, this was like an invitation to this, to this work, you know? Um, so there's that side of it also, but yes, if you have any issues with this and like, if you do have a Ouija board, do not let your kids play with it. Burn it. No. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Christy is shaking her head. No, 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 no. Well, what's crazy, what's crazy is that a Ouija boards, you know, when they, they came out, I believe in the late 1800s and in the early 1900s, I mean, they were marketed as a family game. <laughs> they, there was one year in the 1920s um, when Ouija boards sold more than Monopoly. I believe, I mean, I think it was with Hasbro or, you know, one of the toy companies that was manufacturing them, but they marketed this as a family thing because spiritualism was so big back then. And it's right. just, I mean, I had no idea how, how to use it, especially at 10 years old. So, um, well, especially I, it sounds like you as well were a child of the nineties. We had so much, uh, in media at that time, like being like, look how much fun it is to, you know, be dark and gothy and like yes. get into ghosts, you know, what a time to grow up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the nineties, I do miss definitely. Well, I mean, look, the, the world we're in right now, I miss lots of elements of lots of time periods, but, um, I remember I, I was scared very easily as a child. And I remember watching like, are you afraid of the dark, um, unsolved mysteries, ET scared Ugh, the shit out of me as I a kid. E. Yeah. The worst. That was the most I've only worst. watched it one time and that was as a kid. And I just remember being like, uh, 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 and I was just like, nope. I don't know. Something about that connected way too much to me. And I was like, I am not messing with ET. Um, and, and the audience has heard my story a ton, but Chrissy, I'll tell you real quick. Like basically when I was a kid, I was playing hide and go seek 
uh, with my friends around the age of 10 and, and, uh, we all hid and he, he had like this big, the house was like a Annabella mansion and he had this big bedroom. So we turned off the lights, everybody hid. You weren't allowed to move the, per the person that was it had to find you. And so I thought I saw him or one of them run across the room and I was like, ha, and I went to like kind of slap him hard, like in the chest or stunt or whatever, you know, just being like, you're cheating kind of thing as a kid. And my hand went right through them. And like the, the face of the entity like turned and looked and it had like reflective kind of reddish eyes. And we all screamed, like it was like four of us in the room. We all screamed, ran out of the room and then turned on all the lights in their playroom. Now I've never talked to two of the people that were there that night about it. It was his sister and one of her friends, but the, my guy friend, um, we're still friends and we still talk about it every now and then just like, Oh, Hey, do you remember that thing? And he's like, Oh yeah, I think I about it. You know? So with that being said, I'm still a skeptic on the podcast and, uh, but it's getting harder and harder to have skepticism because we've done like a hundred plus episodes at this point, And it's just, there's so many stories you hear where, or I hear where I'm just like, wow, at, at a minimum, this person believes they're telling the truth. They're not here to like push some kind of false narrative. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the point of that was, but I just felt like I would um, update you on, on my story. So. I, I enjoyed the story. It gave <laughs> me, you. it gave me chills. So. It was a very yes. speed version of that story. I sound like one Adderall <laughs> or something, but oh, plenty spooky. Yeah. Yeah. It was a freaky, th freaky thing for sure. Well, so Christy did that incident or how did that incident kind of influence you as you got older? I know you said you did some like ghost hunting and things like that. And then obviously now you're um, into like spooky real estate. How did that kind of impact you as, as you kind of grew into the person you are now? You know, I always tell people that are skeptic, you really have to have an experience to believe it until you have that experience. It's almost like you just don't know. I mean, I, like I'm the same way and I won't get into cryptids, but I, I'm, I'm the same way with cryptids. You know, people talk about Bigfoot and the other ones that I don't care to say because I'm superstitious. Um, and I know people who fully believe in them. I, I know a team down here that I'm friends with and they go hunt them and they show me the evidence. And I'm like, you know, I've never seen Bigfoot, but I've never you know, not seeing Bigfoot. <laughs> but it's just, it's true. So until I see Bigfoot or if I see enough evidence of Bigfoot, um, I'm always going to be skeptic of it. Um, but, you know, that, that experience that I had, it almost made me feel different than everybody. Like I felt very isolated when this was happening to me and I didn't tell anybody. I mean, my parents, they still don't know about it. I mean, of course, unless they've listened to this podcast or something. Um, it's just something I don't really like to talk about because it just sounds so uh, made up almost. I mean, almost like yours, you know, this, this see-through child, you know, turned to me and its eyes were red and my hand went through. It just sounds made up. And until well, like a Jawa from Star Wars. So it's yeah. <laughs> until you have an experience like that, you just don't really know what it feels like to be in the presence of something paranormal. Um, and I will say, and this is something I found from like listening to my favorite murder, which was a big influence on me wanting to even start a podcast. I enjoy their podcasts a lot, you know, and it does feel weird to talk to your family. If you know, they're not into like uh, spirituality and, and whatnot, but 
I think we would all be surprised talking to family members that also have some type of story. You know, it may not be as like big as I saw a physical entity, but they may have something that they can relate to you about. I asked my dad, um, who is, he's, uh, in his like mid seventies now. And I asked him like five or 10 years ago, Hey, I get these premonitions where something tells me something's going to happen. And then like very quickly it's confirmed. I know that sounds weird. And before I can even finish the sentence, he was like, Oh yeah, that's happened to me my entire life. And he's like this very conservative man that you wouldn't, you would never think that's like part of his, you know, mental sphere or whatever. And then he started naming examples where it had happened to him. And I was just like, had I not asked, I never would have known. Um, so I do think sometimes it's worth now everybody knows their own family. Right. Uh, so some, it may not be worth asking. Cause I mean, I'm from Mississippi originally. And once you get further out of my immediate family, I don't really want to talk to them about much at all. Um, so, you know, to each in their own, but it is, it is interesting though, when you do kind of find a story and you're like, well, I'll be damned. Look at, look at these ghosty people with ghost stories. What I love about what I'm doing now is as I keep posting the content, you know, talking about haunted locations, bringing, bringing haunted locations and the paranormal into real estate. I have a very large sphere of influence in real estate just because I've been in it in Houston for so long. I know a lot of people and I see these people all the time. And we actually had a really big um, like industry event in Houston about six weeks ago. And when I went to it, let's say I talked to 70 people that night, 60 of them brought it up and brought up that they had a story they wanted to tell me. And it was just so interesting to me because nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. And then, you know, here I come just doing this because I enjoy it. And it's, it's, it's easy for me because I, I enjoy learning about the paranormal and going to haunted places. And here are these people that I would have never guessed that they would say, Christy, let's go out to lunch. I have, I have a ghost story. I want to talk to you about it and, and dissect it with you. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, yes, please, let's go. Yeah, I've got a cousin who, again, like my dad is like not somebody you would think has ghost stories. And he was just like, oh yeah, at our house, we've got a ghost named Charles. He's always making mischief in the attic and the den and like carrying stuff through the house. And I was like, excuse me, what? Like, get out of here. Well, Evelyn, I'm curious because you... You know, you know, like Christy, you put yourself out there as, as somebody who uh, is connected to the supernatural. Um, have you had friends and family react in a certain way about what you do? You know, there's sort of like this growth curve where you have to really like step into who you are and like really be willing to own it in a big way. Like I had a lot of resistance to telling them like I'm a psychic. So I'd be like, I'm a coach and I'm a energy worker and all of these things which and it's so funny because my mom is like totally like a witch um like 100 and even her I was like I don't want to tell her even though I know that she like would know and like would get it um but yeah it, it's so funny like I, when I started doing it and, you know, I was like taking all these classes all the time. My dad lived with me. Um, so he was like, oh, what are you, what are these classes about? Um, and I started talking to him about him and he was like, oh, I can do that. And I was like, what? And he was like, 
I usually just, he's like, I can put thoughts in people's brains. And I was like, what? <laughs> and this is like totally something I would have never heard out of his mouth, like kind of similar to your story, Noah. Um, and he was like, mostly I use it uh, to get grandma to make a certain kind of food. <laughs> so he was like, I just sit and I give her the idea of pizza or of seafood pasta or whatever. So he's like basically energetically. I like that. The grandma's like on the couch and she's like, pie. Did anybody say pie? And everybody's like, no, but we would love some. Yeah. And that's what he's like. Yep. And I sit there and I do it. And then she says, you know, that sounds good. <laughs> she does it every time. So that made me laugh. But he also has a ton of like alien experiences that um, totally freaked me out. But he mm. he's he's like more excited by them. And I'm like, I hate that. I yeah, probably I because E.T. ruined me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes. I can relate to that. Well, that's yeah, it's it's always cool to see everybody's background um, that that are comfortable even talking about this on a podcast. You know, for a while, I was booking guests. Now, this was kind of in kind of like leading into the pandemic, but it was early enough on that we weren't even using Zoom yet. Um, and I would I would read a story on Reddit that was this, you know, great ghost story. I was like, oh, this would be a good guess. And I would message the person. They'd be like, oh, no, I'm not comfortable talking about this. Like, you can read my story if you want to, but I'm not going to talk about it. And wow. I'm also an extrovert who kind of likes attention. Obviously, I do this podcast. So that is I was like, what do you mean? You don't? I don't say that. But I'm like, am I, I'm like, I don't understand. Why would you want to talk about this? But, you know, it is a thing that even though it's more in vogue now than maybe it's been in a long time, it's still very taboo, you know, to talk about. So I always applaud any of y'all that are willing to come on and share their stories because um now chrissy you haven't met jj and kat evelyn were they both on your original episode do you remember i know it's been a while i have never met jj okay so jj is definitely the most hardcore skeptic of the three of us but he wants to believe so it's not that it doesn't come from like a negative space but we have this thing where a couple of times we've had this ghost noise kind of bleed through on the podcast. And then there's one episode where they heard it out loud in their room. And then he went from being like, I just want a ghost experience. I just want a ghost experience. And in real time that night, he was just like, I don't, I don't think I want that. <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know. It's just this whole world and not knowing what's real. And it's, it's sometimes I think when you're confronted with something you think you've wanted this whole time, then you're like, then you have to deal with the consequences of like, well, what, how do I handle this is real, you know, but both of you have had enough experiences that it seems like you've accepted that um, this is kind of a, a real thing that we can deal with and talk about. So Chrissy, you're in Houston. Um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you to just buy a home, or if they want to learn more about paranormal homes and, and get in touch with you about that, how would they find you and get in touch with you? Well, they can definitely find me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is my full name, Christy Price, K-R-I-S-T-I-P-R-I-C-E. And at the end, it has an underscore. Um, that's also my handle on TikTok. And then I just started putting all of my professional videos um, of the history of haunted locations on YouTube. And I go by Price Paranormal, but it also 
it states that I'm a realtor. So you can't miss me on YouTube if you search for Price Paranormal. I like that. That's that's catchy. Um, now we are coming up on our hour. This episode has flown by. I could talk to both of you all uh, all night, but I won't because I'm sure you both have lives that you would rather get back to. But Chrissy, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you before I get you out of here. Is there a home or two that just really stick out in your mind since you've been doing this? Like, oh, I'd love to tell them about this haunted house that I came across. Not since my real estate days. I, I got really, air quotes, lucky with my first um, few experiences with the paranormal. Um, the first one I shared. Um, the second round of experience that I had, it was at a home. Um, and it was someone that I had a relationship with in a past life. Um, they actually had a paranormal television show. And I thought you meant, okay. I thought you meant you met a ghost that was like, sup, remember me? And you're like, no, like past life. I don't go that way. No, <laughs> no, no, don't go that way. No. Um, I, by happenstance, I, um, had a relationship with someone who, um, still has a paranormal television show and, I, I remember going to this person's house because I would obviously stay there. And even with my experience as a young adult, child and young adult, um, it's not that I was a skeptic. It was more so like, that's just what I thought hauntings were. Kind of like what we talked about in the beginning. I just, I thought all hauntings were just this feeling of being scared. Um, and I was scared at his house, but it more so solidified to me that there are different kinds of spirits because the spirits in his house were so different um, than the spirit, the spirit that I had encountered as a child. Um, so I feel like I got really lucky with my first few rounds of paranormal experiences because they were very intense. Um, his house was extremely haunted. It's probably the most haunted place I've ever been in my life. Like poltergeist types? Yes. Stuff Oh, wow. Very, very much so poltergeist um, and classic poltergeist activity, cabinets opening, sinks turning on, running up and down the stairs, um, frying pans, you know, clanking and moving. It was it was so active. It was terrifying, actually. Um, but, you know, he was such a big proponent of helping me understand the spirits and teaching me like what to do, what not to do. Um, and I've carried all of those teachings in what I do now, the, the things that he taught me. Um, so I'm very fortunate that my first few experiences were like that to the point where I just, I gained so much knowledge very quickly. Um, but you asked, is there a home? And I would definitely say his home. I won't say his name, um, no, it's for fine. Um... legal reasons, but he, had a has probably still a very haunted home, I would imagine. Wow. Well, yeah, you mm -hmm. you got thrown into it. It sounds like pretty early then. Well, yeah, I mean, audience, if if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you check out Christy's Instagram, TikTok. I, I enjoy, um, I don't even have to go check out her TikTok. It just appears on my phone uh, almost every time I get on. Um, so check that out. And if you're in the Houston area, for sure, 
you know, the real estate market is freaking nuts right now. So give her, yes. give her a call or a message and, and see what's going on. Well, Chrissy, before we get you out of here, is there any, I know we've kind of talked about your real estate and, and different things you have going on, but is there any last words or thoughts you would like to live, leave with our audience? Um, you know, I just feel like people shouldn't be afraid to bring something kind of out of the ordinary into something they think might not mesh with it. Um, I get a lot of questions almost on a weekly basis of why am I doing this? You know, how, how am I intertwining paranormal with real estate? Why am I doing it? You know, what's the point? And, you know, for me, it's working and there's such an interest in it. Um, there's a reason why Travel Channel and HGTV are so popular because people like the paranormal and people like houses. So I would just say that if you are thinking about doing something and it's not conventional for your industry to just kind of take that leap of faith and just have have faith in yourself and just keep going, because if you believe in it hard enough, it'll be rewarding. And that's yeah. what I found by doing this. I mean, I've met wonderful people like, you know, you and Evelyn. I would have never met you guys Thank had you. I not started doing this. Yeah. And don't give up on like, you know, if, if you are going to take a chance on yourself in something that is non-traditional, I think one of the biggest things is just don't give up because, because it's, it's a hard road to toe when there isn't a traditional path to success with things. I mean, it's not like we're making bukus of money on our podcast or anything, but we do get into the top 100 um, in multiple countries, like stuff that we would never think, you know, thought would happen. And it's because we just kept going, you know, and you figure out more and more and more as you go and you kind of find your groove. And yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. And it's so rewarding um, to step out of the lane and do something a little different that people are into. And you find who you resonate with, which is so important. Like yeah. not only do you find your groove, but you're finding like your people and like the people who understand what you're even talking about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. For sure. Exactly. I love, I love interesting people uh, that aren't boring and man, does this podcast provide a lot of that. So I am thankful for this podcast. Well, Chrissy, thank you so much for coming on. This episode will air either this Monday or the following Monday. I'll make sure to, um, you know, give you a heads up and, and we'll tag you on all the social media stuff as well. And would love to get you back on at some point and explore some more of the supernatural. I would love that. Thank you guys so much for having me. Really enjoyed it. Love speaking to like-minded individuals and please, I'm always happy to come on and talk. All right, Evelyn. Well, that was interesting. Have you ever come across anybody who works in the real estate industry and focuses on haunted houses? No, I was actually really excited when I started looking into her content. I was like, Ooh, this is something that like, aside from, you know, there's some crossover just in like, I, you know, I've done house clearings, I've done space clearings, like the, um, one illuminated the, uh, psychic school basically that I work for, like sometimes they'll go and do, and do like group, um, clearings, that kind of thing. But I've never met someone like kind of on the other side of it i guess like the the yeah. bringing people into those situations so i think that's what brave really people that just wake I, up in the morning and they're like haunted house that's what i want today i'm just like what i know i know i can't and it's so funny because it's like i totally agree with what she's saying about like how you have 
um, the vast majority of, of energies that you're interacting with in a space are, are not harmful. Um, but it's still like a bit of an inconvenience if you have a super active, um, you know, being or energy in your space. So yeah, I, can't say I would seek that out. Yeah. I mean, especially if you have kids, it's just, okay. I don't know that. They're so sensitive too. like, they, they just pick up on every single mm -hmm. thing. And so it can just, yeah, it can totally terrorize them. But like, if you're a young single, like whatever, have the best time. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to find friends during the pandemic. So if, if they're built yeah. into your home and they can't go anywhere else, make a ghost friend. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you can tell like on her TikTok and Instagram, she has a real passion for you know, doing those things where you kind of go through homes and talk about the history of them and stuff, which is always fun. There's, we had a guest on uh, probably about a year ago and you could tell that she was headed like in the right direction for the content she was creating. She had a real zest for that stuff. I'm sorry, my bloody Galantine. Her name is Becky Ann and she I believe she's a mortician, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but this is like the kind of content, you know, she posts that kind of stuff. But she got really big on TikTok for like going to famous cemeteries and doing like those kind of, you know, 30, 40 second hits of like, this is why it's haunted, you know, kind of cool stuff. And then shortly after she came on our podcast, she really blew up and she was like, here she was on like Good Morning America, but she was like in magazines and like local news and like all this crazy stuff. So there is a real interest in the paranormal and there's a lot of people putting content out, but it's hard to find like quality content. So I feel like when people do, they really gravitate towards it. Yeah. And like, I mean, we talked about a little bit too, like the, the, the issue of talking about it being taboo. And there's so much history of that too, with like, we literally burned witches yeah. <laughs> historically, you know? So, um, and if you believe in past lives and stuff, you've got like- Our country doesn't handle <laughs> no. people being different very well. <laughs> no. So things like that. And then of course we have like, sort of like, you know, we live in a patriarchy and there's a lot of like stereotypes about like women being mm -hmm. crazy and, and hormonal and like, bleh. and so that I think discredits a lot of people who tend to be more willing to talk about it. Not even that women are like more sensitive to it, but just that women are, um, more likely to speak about it. Um, but even that it's hard because you just don't know, like if someone's just going to be like, well, you're just a nut, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. Cause there's definitely people that are so ingrained in tradition and the idea of something being, it's almost like, I'm not saying these people are OCD, but it's almost like if things are out of line for them, they can't mentally handle the possibility of there being more out there. Like they have their world, they know, exactly what they're going to do that day and what they're going to do the next day that, you know, and, and putting in that variety of, or spice in their life sets everything askew. And I find that those are the people that are the most staunch, like, you know, you're an idiot. This isn't real. Like, da, 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 you know, so I, I don't know. It's, I was just listening today to the, we can do hard things podcast, which is Glennon mm -hmm. Doyle. And she was talking about that with regards to like the gender binary, where she was like, the reason that like, a, there's a certain type of like dudes, dude, that gets so concerned about the pronouns or the trans people or gay people or whatever is because it's a threat. It's a challenge to 
their identity, which they've really taken on and embodied, like quote, um, you know, like like a man trademark. Um, <laughs> and yeah. so, if if someone is existing in a way that is different to that, they see it as as a challenge to how they are. And so, I think it's really similar. Like, if you show me this, I can't unknow it, and and that might make me have to introspect, and I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I really struggle with that, and it sounds like you can relate, is aliens. I feel like if I saw a gray or a little green, I guess they're not a person, alien, walk up through my garage, it would crack every foundation of reality. <laughs> I Well, and it's so funny because I'm like, I believe in aliens. I believe we have we have an infinite universe. I right. think it's silly to think that it there's It makes the most sense. That, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, just logically, that makes the most sense. Um, and it's funny cause like in our, in the level two class that I teach, we do these, um, like spiritual realm journeys where we take people into like the ascended master realm where you meet a lot, like that's where Jesus is and, um, you know, Buddha and, and a lot of like scientists and people who are experts in their field, basically teachers, um, and masters. Um, and so, and then we go into like the angelic realm, we visit angels and we visit elemental beings and all of these different realms and one of the realms is like et realms and there's you know infinite many different versions of that and i hate that journey <sighs> I, hate it. I absolutely abhor it and so like i'm like teaching my students all of these techniques for like if you feel uncomfortable like here's what you can do <laughs> um because i just i absolutely hate it and i think i think some of what was sort of plaguing me when i was a child may have been some sort of alien-esque energies because yeah it's just not mm -mm. people try to tell me that et is a cute movie and i'm like that is a horror film i know i i probably need to go back and watch it because i mean literally oh, i was a child but don't just... do it because i tried oh, okay. adult, i was like my husband was like it's not that bad like you should we're gonna watch it it'll be fine we're gonna watch it because i literally would like see a preview for it on commercials remember commercials like yeah. for things on the tv heard of them yeah um, <laughs> And I would, it would be like ET on TBS or whatever. And I would just be like, switch it. Like, I can't, I cannot, like even the preview. I just, I remember that shot of ET being hidden by all the stuffed animals. And it just like, that freaked me out so much. <laughs> you must stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late to talk about it. <laughs> it's like, it is triggering. I don't, I don't know. No, I, I hate it. It's not cute. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I had this, I, I mean, it had to be a dream, but it was. I don't know. I was probably like 12 or 13 and I've always had really vivid dreams, but it's one of those things where it's a, it's a dream or whatever that has always stuck with me. And I'm in my mid thirties at this point. And it, it feels so vivid that in my brain, it feels like a memory and not a dream, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I remember specifically the sky being Kind of like with that sunset where it's it's just it it's radiant orange, you know, like you, it just those really pretty sunsets. But it was like that color, hyper focused, like uh, like over my house or you know my my parents' house, and me as a kid being like, "What's that? What's that? What's that?" And then trying to rush inside the house and then looking back and seeing like the the gray beings like following us, you know, and that that real anxiety thing that happens in movies and TV shows where people are trying to get the door open before the thing happens, you know, yeah. and that's where the mem or the dream or the memory ends for me. It's that, and that has always just left me with like a Ugh, feeling. Mm -mm. <laughs> I don't mm -mm. like it. Not about it. Never want to be abducted. No, not interested in that. <laughs> um, 
yeah so that's that's really funny that or interesting that you've had kind of a similar experience there well with christy you know i it, it's funny because i mean i it's just uh, somebody who consumes content and and especially content in the supernatural realm um which honestly primarily is just or normally for <laughs> can't say words uh which usually is for booking purposes of the podcast that's kind of what it's become because i have to keep this train moving hers was so interesting to me because like i i honestly and and you know we were talking about this in the pre-show meeting i didn't even know if she had like a, a standalone ghost story it was just one of those things where i was so fascinated about like who does this you know like who who i get being interested in it but what a fascinating way of marketing yourself and your interest in selling haunted houses. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like that is niche. Yeah. And you could totally see that being one of those reality TV shows too, you know yeah. I mean? Where we're, you know, cause I would have to imagine the people you would meet that want to buy those homes are more interesting than the homes themselves. Yeah, totally. Totally. You know, I'm getting ready to go to dragon con next week uh in atlanta and it's essentially like comic-con in atlanta and they're only allowing vaccinated people in, and they cut attend attendance back by 60 percent. usually it's like a hundred thousand people so it'll be a much uh it still be a lot of people but it'll be less so i feel a little more comfortable going um because they're taking some precautions but yeah it's uh it's kind of that same thing it's like the event that event is interesting, but everybody there cosplaying and partying is way more interesting than anything the con itself is doing. Um, so I, I can't wait to get back there after a year. Well, Evelyn, thank you so much for coming on and doing another one of these. Well, well, thank you for coming on and co-hosting. We tried to do this before and we got ghosted by um, somebody who uh, they claim to be an intuitive witch, I think was what, what their... Um, their handle was or whatnot but uh yeah it this was a lot of fun i think you're a natural at this and i hopefully i can convince you to come back and do this again yeah i was actually just thinking even when we were talking about the ouija board my partner is also a psychic but she has a story from her childhood oh, where yeah. she had a friend basically have a, a possession from the sounds of it during their Ouija board play. So I was like, Ooh, maybe I should see if Jess wants to come on. I don't know if she'll be willing to talk about that yeah. thing, but she'll, she's got stories. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We could, um, we could do a thing where you and I interviewed her. If you wanted to do that, that'd yeah. be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, yeah, well, thanks for coming on and I can't wait to talk to you again. You're always kind of a bright spot on this podcast. And I know our yeah. listeners enjoy hearing from you. So you're always bringing a lot of information in a way that I feel like is digestible when it feels much bigger than anything my brain can consume. So um, yeah, thank you for that. a lot of the time. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Evelyn. Ooh. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.